Hi, this is Matthew, and this is my message to you. Hello and welcome to another one of our Pop Gaze of a Certain Age Meet episodes. Today we are very excited to be talking to a former member of a very naughty 90s boy band, an actor, a songwriter, a photographer, a fur baby father, a husband and a mashup master. In 2016, he had to lock down his social media after prematurely announcing that he was taking part in Eurovision You Decide. Most recently, he has announced that he's going to be taking over lead singing duties for the pop comeback we totally were not expecting, the return of Let Loose. With their new single, If the World Was Ending Out Now, he's looking out for danger. We can see it in his eyes. <laughs> it's Matthew James Payton. Woo! Woo Amazing. I am in the house. Nice to see you. How are you this evening? I'm good, actually. I'm very good. And I feel like I'm, I'm definitely one of your sort of, I'm allowed to be in your clique, as twere, being being of a certain age and being a homosexual. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> We've seen the birth certificate. We've seen the gay card. Yeah, yes. that was Tipex over the real thing. <laughs> With a loud Did you survive Agnes yesterday? Oh, Agnes was hysterical because I'm I'm down in uh, my parents in Wales and it was like, oh, it's going to be really bad. And mum and I were looking out the window going, oh, yeah, Agnes is really bad. There's not even a plant moving in the garden. It just seems to disappear. <laughs> and this morning I looked on the news and was like, yeah, Agnes just sort of disappeared. She promised so much and delivered so little. Exactly. Which was such a shame. Um, <laughs> so we've got lots to ask you. So we're going we're gonna to kick off with, obviously, the Let Loose reunion. Yes. How did that happen? Yeah. <laughs> Good question. Um, it was literally really bizarre. Lee and I have been chatting for donkey's years, sort of via carrier pigeon, and then it became sort of social media and everything else in between. And then sort of post-COVID uh, and lockdown, we were chatting a lot. And then I was thinking of doing some 90s stuff and maybe doing something on my own because the boys aren't really interested in doing any Bad Boys Inc. stuff. So I was like, well, I'll do it with me and a couple of fit dancers behind me. <laughs> which makes the tour bus more interesting. And then um, Lee was talking about doing stuff and he said, oh, Richie's not interested anymore and we'd like to do it. And he said, would you be... He was like, I don't really want to do it unless you want to do it. And I was like, really? It was a bit of a weird... I was like, I thought about it for about 30 seconds. No, I didn't. Um, it was just really weird because I'd, I'd worked with the guys back in the 90s when we were doing gigs and they were doing gigs and we'd always see each other and sort of say hello at photo shoots. And then suddenly it was like, uh... Yeah, do you know what? Let's do it, because I just think it would be a laugh. The, the guys are lovely. I know they're guys for donkey's years, and they're really lovely. And I thought, do you know what? Let's go and have a laugh and do a little bit of 90s nostalgia. Oh, excellent. Now, Lee, if we remember, was the drummer yeah. in the band. Yeah. Is he family, or is he not family? 
He's not family. Oh. He's got family. I think a lot of us would like him to be family. (laughs) There has been a discussion. There has been photographs we looked at. He's that neighbour next door that you sort of stare at too much. Yeah. (laughs) In the car. Yeah, Yeah. he's the one that's always like in the summer out mowing his lawn with his shirt off. Exactly. Top look of the diet coat. (laughs) Dreadful, dreadful. Um, So, obviously, the new single's out now. Yeah. On... I don't even know what people do now. Do they stream it? Do they? Oh, Deezer and Geezer and Spotify. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> music. Yeah. 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 And then. go down Woolies with like 50p anymore. <laughs> That's a shame. And steal the pick and mix as well. Oh. Exactly. It wasn't just me then. <laughs> <laughs> suppose as an artist there was nothing worse than your single coming out on a friday going in woolly's new releases and then on monday you were in the bargain bin for 15p <laughs> well oh. that's really weird because i remember when uh eternal stay came out and i went to see i was speaking to louise because we were on the same management and she said oh matt matt i went into woolly's and it was in the bargain bin on the monday and i went well it's not it's just that the record company are willing to give it away for sort of half price. So you'll probably end up selling more records. And then they went top 10 and we went about 24. And I went, there you oh. go. Yeah, <laughs> Don't complain about the bargain bin in Woolies. Oh, awkward. So there's going to be a tour. Yes. With Let Loose. Yes. So what can we expect from that? Obviously, let, obviously Let Loose tracks. Yeah, we're going to do a lot of the old stuff. We've, we're sort of playing around with stuff at the minute. We're stripping some down. Some of the ballads are like a really nice acoustic sort of beautiful guitar um there'll be no dancing which i'm quite happy about at 52 um <laughs> and then there'll be a couple of covers that we've all decided we like to do just to nice. if someone comes along to a big 90s festival and they've never heard of that loose there'll be some songs they know <laughs> and there might be a little bad boysing songs thrown Ooh. in for the mix i don't know Ooh. that's in discussion at the minute but i think i have to it's like i can't stand and pretend i wasn't in the band well that's it. And you'll also, you know, because we are assuming the audience will be 90% homosexuals, 10% <laughs> ladies. And both of those camps, if you did not do a Bad Boys in track, <laughs> would be hurling stuff at the stage. There'll, yes. there'll be a stampede. So, yeah. so there has to be a compromise some, exactly. somewhere. I think I'll have to do something. And I've just been thinking about how I want to do it. And as you say, I like a mashup. So I'm playing with a little idea with a little purple disco and a bit of more to this world. Oh, little exclusive for you there. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. So, so is there going to be an album that follows, or are you just kind of taking things as they go and seeing? 
it's really weird because it's it's sort of happened organically. First of all, it was like Lee's like, do you want to do some gigs? And then I met up with Rob and then we started writing a song, which then suddenly was going on an album that Universal was supporting. And it was all like, okay, this isn't what it sort of started out to be. And um, they've even said already that they're quite interested in doing some sort of album as the things go on. Because the response has been really good. They've been sending it out to radio and stuff and TV. And yeah, it's been really interesting that it's sort of organically grown. And it's not like... When I was in the band before, it was like you'd be desperate to get on TV and you'd be desperate to get your single out. And you uh, mm -hmm. remember first being told that they went, all oh, Radio 2 have put you on the B list. And I had no idea what they meant. And I just went, what's wrong with the A list? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, just wait your turn. It's like you, you've been in Smashes and that's about it. And they've already put you on the B list. So, yeah, it's a very different, it's a very different time for all of us. So mm -hmm. it's just exciting that things are snowballing. And we're sort of running with it at the minute, which is lovely. It's a lovely way to go about it, that you haven't got the pressure of trying to get in the charts and stuff. What is the charts anymore? No, exactly. It's just not the same as what it was. No. Don't get, don't get them started on the charts, because <laughs> you'll be here. No, I can sit there afraid. I've got a glass of wine. I'll start slurring it. <laughs> I was going to say, none of us we, you know, went to record it. Exactly. Like... Try and cut the DJ out. Precisely. But the wine just... did. Yeah, they always spoke over those last few seconds. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, the, so, so the tour is just you guys just let loose. Yeah, we're gonna we're jumping on the sort of nineties bandwagon, which is there's loads of sort of nineties big shows all around the world at the minute. There's stuff mm. in Australia, there's stuff in the Middle East, there's stuff in the Far East, there's stuff in Europe. So, we've had a lot of interest from two agents we've spoken to who want to get us on that. Plus, we might do our own shows. It's all a bit up in the air at the minute, but there's stuff coming in, and there's one show already. They said, oh, it's 8,000 people. It's like, oh, oh, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's good. It's, it's like it's the age of the mighty hoopla. It's the age yes, of... exactly. <laughs> All that kind of stuff. I'll I'll take eternal slot for next year. But that's <laughs> awkward. <laughs> awkward. Do you know what? I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in those conversations. Because yes, we're only getting a small percentage of what's probably really gone on. Yeah, I've got stories about it. I'm not telling you now because I've only had half a glass of wine. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Wait, give another, give another. I that man a drink. <laughs> oh my goodness. We, do you know, when we interviewed Louise, she was so lovely and mm. we tried to get a little bit of tea out of her, but she was so nice about them. And we, and mm. we were like going, oh, just say that. Just say she's not just, throwing any shade. She's a good no, girl. No, yeah. yeah. Just at least I pissed in Bernie's weave <laughs> once. Would have been. <laughs> I'll tell you one quick story. I do remember being at the management and someone was moaning, going, Oh, I've got to stay here. And I was like, Why? She went, Oh, Bernie's hair's being flown in from Canada. <laughs> and I was like, What have they got in Canada that we haven't got in Lewisham Market? It was like, Wow. Yeah, I I do believe. Obviously, we we don't know for certain because we have never met them. But the vibes that we've always really had were that Louise and Kelly were were lovely. The sisters were perhaps a little bit more high maintenance. I was on the same management. The sisters were actually really nice. It's just I don't know. There just seems to be. I know they're very religious, and mm. religion and homosexuality mm. don't necessarily mix quite often. Um, and they've got their views, and I think sometimes they might get twisted and misconstrued and put in. I don't know what it's, I really don't know what's going on in the press. Yeah. But yeah. People like to jump on the negative and like literally pull it apart and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they may they may come back and make an apology, or they may see the two million pound check and go, Do you know what? We'll do it. Yeah, yeah. 
bring those gays in bring them all in um, make them all in we'll get the we'll get them to chip in for the church steeple <laughs> well definitely definitely the thing is if she's paying for a weave from canada she'll, she'll need the money to get them imported. yeah and those weaves aren't fitted by straight men i'm telling you that so but you've got a point there we've got a point yeah um i did not see this evening going this with this direction <laughs> at all. Um, not since we have betty boo who confessed to us that she had two hoovers one for the stairs and one for the rugs and we were very excited about that um, yeah so getting back to getting back to the music Bad Boys Inc. Was it one of the those situations where you auditioned and they kind of put you in the band? Oh, it was so bizarre. So there was another lead singer, Richard Travis, who used to date Denise Van Out, and that's another story. He also used to own Brown's Nightclub, where George Michael Ooh. used to start his funky stuff. And he basically said, I'm leaving, like before they'd even got a record deal, because someone had said, you can have a solo deal. So he obviously went and took that, left the boys in the lurch. So Ian Levine had put the guys together, was desperate to find a singer. I'd done an advert for Red Stripe Lager commercial for an agent who went, oh, can you sing? Can you sing down the phone to this bloke? So I did. Didn't really think anything of it. And I sang Careless Whisper. He went, can you sing it higher? <laughs> so I did. I don't know how much higher. Um, and this is so funny. Then I had to fax some photos to him. That's the oh, wow. we were using back then. Um, which must have looked lovely as they came through the <laughs> The little weak and, uh, through Yeah, he's like, oh, he's very grainy. Um, I'd been clubbing the night before to Benji's in the East End. Yeah. I had long hair and a beard, a goatee. I was wearing leather trousers, a waistcoat, and too many crosses around my neck. And I turned up and Ian just looked at me like, oh, dear. Um, can we can we cut your hair? I was like, you can do whatever you want. It was like... So literally the next day I was in a teacup in Alton Towers having a photo shoot <laughs> with the boys with short hair with short... and no beard. He didn't but... like sideburns either. Very strange. Oh, they let you keep the crosses and the waistcoats though. Well, I, I slowly wheedled them in sort of later down the line. Mm. I wasn't being styled by someone who got paid a fortune. <laughs> so you guys had never met each other before. It was no. literally... There you the go. guys have been together, I think, about nearly six months. Uh, the record company were sort of like, yes, we'll have you. But then there wasn't a singer. Then I had to quickly record the first three singles. And then literally 10 days after I met the boys, I was signed to A&M Records. It was that quick. It was ridiculous. That was the 3rd of May. And then the single was out on the 2nd of August. <laughs> it was all wow. a bit of a... Bleh. Was it like a Spice Girls style house sharing situation? Oh God, no, 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 not at all. We were together like twenty four seven because it just went crazy from the moment we met. I remember going up to Towers in Tony's 
battered up old uh, Ford Fiesta, which was really comedy. And then slowly sort of cars started arriving. We didn't have to get the bus everywhere, which is quite nice. And did did the record, because obviously back in the day, a lot of kind of sexuality was hinted. Well, I mean, to be fair, Bad Boys Inc., it literally you could have just written gay across the front of any poster that yeah. that you had. Um, but it wasn't kind of widely publicized. Did the record company like say, you know, that that stock smash its answer of I just like a nice cup of tea kind of yeah. thing. It was very weird. On the on the audition that I went to Ian's house, he was like he asked me, Are you gay? And I was like, Yes, because I I was openly out to my family at like eighteen and I was now twenty one. And he said, Oh, you can't be, you can't be, you've got to be go back in the closet and I was like, Oh, okay, whatever. And then it wasn't so much the record company, it was more him. The I told the management company and they were like, Okay, well we, uh, it was just it was just a thing to do in the nineties so you just didn't say anything. And it was me and David who were the two gays in the village. Um, and Tony and Ali were, they were quite accepting. Ali was quite homophobic at first, which was really bizarre, but that's, yeah. I think cause he'd had some weird experiences cause he was on the modeling circuit and uh, yeah. he'd have all those dodgy stories of people trying to do this, that and the other. Um, but it, it ended up being the record company. He'd say, why are you sending the two gays to radio one? And my manager would go, the two gays are the most articulate people we have. It's nothing to do with our sexuality. <laughs> but they used to say, can they stop quoting French and Saunders? It's like, oh, God, Jesus. I'm not allowed to be out. No, I'm not allowed to quote French and Saunders. It's like, and I used to, I used to lower my voice. I used to say I fancied Louise nerding as she was back then. It was like, oh, all these lies. I had to say it was horrible. Yeah, and I was watching the video to Don't Talk About Love the other day, and it's a, a great video. You seem to be doing a bit of romancing of a lady in that particular video. Oh, that um, was comedy. Well, we f we flew to Milan, and there's a girl in a fountain at the end of the video, but that's the bit we filmed first. So then it started raining, so then they flew us to Mallorca, and she couldn't get a visa. So suddenly I'm I'm in the market with one girl staring at her, and then I look across at the fountain and then go off with someone else. They're just basically making me look like an old slack. <laughs> the girl in the fountain was much better anyway. <laughs> We were chatting before you joined us, and um, Graham and Jason were like, "No, we didn't. We didn't get any gay vibes at all." And I was like, "Really? <laughs> really?" Um, I just my gay dog was just being... the music was the gayest thing in the world. Ian Levine's music is very camp and very high energy, and I'm doing falsettos and BG style vocals, and yeah. Yeah, But I think back then, it's like all the boy bands had to sort of stand there topless and rub themselves up and down and look sexy. And I didn't feel particularly comfortable doing it, but I could do it because I'd sort of acted since the age of eight. So right. I found it quite easy just to turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> it was so natural. <laughs> and the, and the, so it was kind of like they pitted you against Take That, didn't they? They were like... Yeah. Well, Ian had put... Ian had done some songs with Take That. He'd done like the last three singles before we came about. And he'd basically put an album together. 
And Nigel Martin Smith just said, I don't want it. And Ian's like, well, if you don't have it, I'll get my own band together. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. That's my very good impression of it. <laughs> so it was Ian's sort of, yeah, it was Ian's sort of challenge to try and get a band to, but it wasn't our, our sort of intent to sort of be up against them, but we're always put against them. Right. Press and like radio. And it's like, oh God, here we go again. They were like on single number six. We were on single number one. And they were like, oh, look, they're at number four and you're at 23. And you're like, their first singles didn't even chart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Did you get any grief from the Take That fans? Were there like bottles of wee thrown at you? And yep. Stuff like, what's the matter? Wasn't bottles of wee. Um, <laughs> God, we had some weird, we used to get, yeah, weird threats. And someone sent us their plat. Someone sent us a picture with our eyes gouged out. Just really random thing. I think. I think it was Ali who said something about want to take that once. And oh my God, the hate mail he got was just ridiculous. People are so defensive. Uh, somebody sent you a plait, as in a plait of hair. They literally cut the hair off and sent it in an envelope. And I was like, what are we supposed to do with that? <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to laugh. We used to tow, we used to tow a caravan with it behind us. Oh. <laughs> very strong, that plait. Very strong, very long, very durable. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to go next with that. <laughs> did, did I... We had a vial of blood sent to us as well. There you go. It gets worse. Oh, oh, no. I, I, what a vial of? I would just, well, first of all, oh. I would just say, Jason, how long did it take you to cut through your plat um, when you before you sent it to, to my boyfriend? <laughs> it never grew back. Oh, that, that was your last plat ever. Oh, and then what? You had a vial of blood sent to you. I don't know if it was real, so we didn't we didn't send it off for testing. I did for testing. No, it's like yeah. somebody send this to the lab, but like you're paying for this. Like, oh, don't forget it then. <laughs> but that's the only stuff that got through to us because it was being sent to the management company uh, that went to the record company that we never even saw. Got right. Okay. And and the style of music that you did, I mean, I have to say, they still stand up today, those singles. Mm. They're they're really the good quality pop songs. Did you like the stuff that you were doing? Or were you kind of going, No, I'm a George Michael, me. I'm not doing this. I was th literally thrown in the deep end. I had to recall twenty-three songs in three weeks to get the record deal. Wow. So I was just re I was laying all my vocals down. So I would do three songs a day. I would get a cassette the night before. These are the songs you're singing. I had to literally do them almost line by line. So I'd be on top of the pops like months later and go, oh, that's what this song's about. Because I never thought about it. A lot of them were really, really stupidly high. And it was only when we got to Morse This World that I got the demo. I said, come on, can you just bring it down a little bit? And he was like, oh, I've, I've got to re-record the backing vocals now. And I was like, oh, it's going to cost you an extra 20 quid. But they started listening and it was like, the latter stuff, I love Morse's World. Mm. Um, I love the single that never came out, Change Your Mind, which came out by Upside Down that we shot a video for in Hawaii. Oh, That's when we started to get sort of more involved and, yeah, which we hardly got. They wouldn't let us get involved in anything. It's like, here's a song, sing it, do your stuff, tell them you love it on telly. And it was very manufactured.
was it a case of like the Nadine factor where you all went in and recorded together and then the producer said, just stay behind because we just want to have a quick word and they were like, right, you need to record this and this and this for us. Or was it sort of very unanimous? I didn't do the Nadine and lose my passport and lie about my age, that's for sure. <laughs> um, no, I was, well, weirdly, I was the only singer. Oh. The, here we go. The backing mm -hmm. was done by a guy called Billy Griffin, who's a, a sort of 80s soul man from America. So if you listen to the sort of latter Ian Levine, take that songs, the only difference is me and Gary Barlow. Oh. The backing vocalists are all the same. And then the latter stuff from Morse's World On was um, John Reed um, from the Nightcrawlers. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, he wrote our latter singles. And actually, whenever you need someone, our second single was one of the Nightcrawlers songs that didn't get used. So wow. he ended up doing a lot of the vocals and stuff. David managed to sing on one song because he happened to be in the room when I was there. And that's it. The boys could sing. We used to do like stuff in Japan and stuff and sing a cappella, but Ian just never encouraged them to do anything. It was all so manufactured. It was horrible. Did they know that their voices were not on the record? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit like Brother Beyond a bit, was it not? They were kind of the same kind of thing, were they not? Well, it's like a lot of the bands. It's like, who is actually, you listen to Britney singing Toxic and it's more Kathy Dennis than Britney. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Just saying. <laughs> so, More to This World, was that was the fantastic single. Yeah, I loved it. But that was kind of the end, wasn't it? It was kind of like, well, yeah. The good thing was, I'd done the 23 tracks and our A&R guy, who's the guy who puts all the music together, moved to uh, MCA, and we didn't really have anyone. And the record company were going, what's the next song going to be after Walking On Air? And they were like, uh... Uh, so then Morse's World was written, Take Me Away was written, Love Hurricane was written, and Change Your Mind, which never came out, were written as new songs. And we had to get in a remix because we were just getting bored with Ian's sound. So it cost the record company a fortune. So he'd, he'd take his whatever to get the song done, and then we'd have to go and get West End to remix it, or whoever did the remixes. It just became really hard work. But it was so nice to get a song like Morse's World. And when we did the remix, I went into the studio with the West End, and they just said, can you do the intro like as a... A bit like, I can remember planning, like the love I lost, mm. that sort of thing with it. So they said, oh, just sing the first bit, sort of a cappella with a piano. And I was like, okay. And that's the only bit I re-sang, and then the rest of it Ian had done already. And it was like, that became, I loved it. The original song isn't doesn't start like that at all. Is there more to this world, more than you can see? We'll find our destiny. I want all you've got to to me more to this world I know you'll stay don't throw it all away 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 I'm looking out for danger I can't see it in your eyes now do you sense the attraction How did the group kind of, did the record company say, do you know what, lads, we're not going to go any further? Was it kind of like, what was that awful story that Bewitch say that when they were they were on a plane or they were at the airport to go and play film a video and the phone rang and he went, yeah, girls, we're, we're going to say goodbye now. Um, and they were like, what do we do? What what was, what happened with the band? There's more, more to this world, more to this world than 
God, it was... Um, so we went to Hawaii and filmed the videos for Love, Here I Come, which looks like we're in Grimsby or Newcastle. <laughs> and then we did a sexy one on the beach, on the black beaches with all the sort of... It was a bit like the Pravid. It was the same director and stuff with all black sand. and But it was all going a bit tits up at that point. And it was like, oh, what's happening? But before that, I had flown to New York to record a song with a guy called Rick Wake. Ian Levine doesn't even know this. <laughs> Let's hope he's not listening. <laughs> um, so Rick Wake works with Celine Dion, Mariah Carey, Taylor Dan, yeah. these amazing people. And they had a song and one of the guys at A&M said, look, we want you to go out and do it. So I, I flew there and then I flew to the video. And it was a great song, but it's never come out. I need to dig it out and put it on like YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was called Wherever You Are. And it was all just getting like tits up. But the, what actually happened was Dina Carroll moved to Mercury Records and the head of A&M said to the head of... So the head of Mercury was the guy who was at A&M. And they said, if you take Dina Carroll to Mercury, we will drop Bad Boys Inc. And that's what happened. What a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Gosh. So we were used like a pawn because she was on the same management as us. And Ollie and Dennis, who were first avenue, so it was Eternal, her... Emanate, Ask, Michelle Gale, they just said a few, and they went gone then, and they did. Wow. We'd already, we had the single ready for Change Your Mind, we'd done the video, we were already promoting it, the 12-inch records had gone out to clubs and stuff and DJs, and it was like, that's it boys, and we were like, so what happens with the song? They're like, nothing, it's like, Jesus. You hear stories of like groups that were living the the life of a pop star. They were hotels, they were cars, they were stylists and yep. stuff. And then when the record deal ended, they get a huge whopping bill through the post saying you owe us thirty thousand million pounds for everything you've ever spent. Was that the case with you guys, or did you kind of manage to kind of get away? We got away with it. There was we were three quarters of a million in debt to the record company, so you wouldn't have made any profits unless you sold that. So basically, every time you got a car, you paid for it, but it goes to the record company. So it just mm -hmm. you keep accruing all this money. Um, but it literally was like we did we did some fan club parties, one in London and one in Manchester, and I knew I went, oh, this is our new single. Knowing for well it wasn't coming out, mm -hmm. and I started crying like hysterically crying. <laughs> So I turned to the back, but there was all people around the back as well. And I was just going, <laughs> trying to get the thing. And I went, just right, just sing it. And and then literally it was like, you've got a couple of TVs you've got to do. Yeah. And one of them didn't come out till like March. And we split up in about January or February. And it was like, oh, here we are promoting our new single that's never coming out on a TV show that just has got scared. It was all a bit weird. It was very weird. Wow, yeah. I remember sitting we in the bath and just going, was that it then? Is that, is that the end of it? And just sitting there going, this is really weird. And would you have wanted the group to have continued? Would you have kind of like, in hindsight, gone, wow, we should have been like, we should have been like, take that now. 
we could have done the hard thing was i was the only singer um so i always felt like i was sort of carrying everyone's ass in some respects but the guys were love we all got on and it was like we were just exhausted by it all we had literally worked 24 7 for like nearly two years it was like we're not making any money everyone else is making money off of us why are we doing this and i was like do you know what i'm going to go and try and get a solo deal or i'm going to try and go back to acting or it's just it was just so weird but i also needed to breathe and step away and just go hang on a minute one minute i was flying first class around the world and now i'm sitting in a bath going oh great i'm at my mum and dad's house and there's still girls outside going what's happening what's that <laughs> It's a massive adjustment, isn't it? It's like it's yeah. It's like your whole life is that, and you know, you know, you've got these ridiculous schedules of you going here, you're going there, you're going yeah. to do this and this time, and then it's gone. It's like yeah. Oh, it was bizarre. It literally was like one day I was exhausted, the next day I was like, oh, I've got nothing to do. <laughs> it was really weird, really, really weird. So I cut my plat off and I sent it to take that. <laughs> was it your downstairs plat? I'm downstairs flat. The one on the backs of my knees. <laughs> oh, that, that, that Mark Owen. Um, <laughs> Then what did what 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 did you do then? Where you're like right, solo. I want to do solo stuff. Oh, it's 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 so bizarre because I was very close to one of the girls at the management company who sort of wanted to take me away from the management. So I had to pretend to the management who wanted to keep me as a solo singer that I didn't want to do it anymore. So it was a really horrible. Plus, Ian. Oh my god, all these stories. Ian Levine was told that if we started recording the second album, he would get £150,000 from the record company. So I, Mr. Stupid, went to the studio and recorded five horrendous songs. He sent them to the record company. They sent him £150,000, and he gave us £2,000 each. Wow. How kind. There you go, boys. That's for your trouble. There you are. Go and live off that for a year. Wow. That wouldn't get me a weave from Canada, would it? It wouldn't, no. Especially a ginger one. I'd love a ginger toop. <laughs> We've got plenty in Scotland, trust me. <laughs> I want it from a nun, though. <laughs> Ooh, I'll ask my sister. <laughs> <laughs> Elton's weaves are set free into the wild when he's finished with them. We had this conversation. I'll them on eBay for about £8.50. But like, um, like little tribbles, they just get sent out and they're fine. They then... Their eyes pop up. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> thank God for that. So if you go on YouTube, there's a lot of solo stuff. Yeah, I did bits and pieces. I actually got signed to EMI Capital in Germany and did about, God, about 20 demos. And I did a gig in Berlin and then that they weren't sure what to do with me. And it was like, oh, they were paying me to write, which was quite nice, um, which I'd never had before. It's like, do this, do that, and we'll pay you nothing. Um, so that never really happened. And then I did Boy Band the Musical in 2000. I did Doctors playing the gay lead singer of a boy band. Mm -hmm. Um, I can play other roles. Um, <laughs> Were you, did you get the call from the agent and you went, I've got the crucifixes, I've got the waistcoats, I'll be there in 10 minutes. Exactly. I've grown the hair back. 
<laughs> I've sold my flat, so I've got at least four. <laughs> I've got the bus fare. No, it was very bizarre. And I just learned to see Rick Wake again. My manager was working for him and he was going to sign me. She said, he wants to sign you lock, stock and barrel. I don't want you to do that. And in hindsight, I'm like, that might have been quite good. I don't know. Mm. But it was all a bit bizarre. There was a lot of time spent trying to get stuff done and some record companies were like, you've been in a boy band. Why would you, why would we touch you? I'm like, cause I'm talented. Oh, right. Did you never uh, think, right, I'm going to go down the um, talent show route. I'm going to do the voices. I'm going to do the. I did. Act, no, I actually went for X Factor when there was a big open audition and queued for hours. And I knew the guy who came up and sort of auditioned me and went, we just don't really want people like you. Oh, wow. I was like, shall I cut my leg off? Can't be Shall I bring a sibling on and punch them in the face? I've got, I've got a backstory. <laughs> I can sit there and cry and say, my nan's dead. That was 30 years ago, but I could say that. Yeah, yeah it was all a bit weird, and I, I hated doing it. I hated going and doing that. And I was like, do you know what? And that literally, I went, I'm never doing it again. Right. It's humiliating. Yeah. And they know right from the get-go who they're going to pull through. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Lewis being a receptionist. What a load of old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Baloney. <laughs> Baloney. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, but then how did the Eurovision thing happen? Another another phone call out of the blue. Everything happens like, oh, do you fancy doing this? Um, a lady I know called Tina Matthews, who I've known for donkey's years, she said, oh, my friend's written a song for Eurovision. They're trying to get it into the programs. It's one of the last, I don't know, it was something like down to last 12. But she needs a vocalist. It hasn't been, it needs a revocaling. Would you do it? And I went, yeah, yeah, I'll go and meet her. So I met up with her and she said, oh, yeah, you've got to fly to Sweden. I was like, fine. Mm. Flew to Sweden, which was nice. Recorded the song. Didn't really think anything of it. And then suddenly like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're doing the television show. And I was like, <laughs> okay. okay. It's not just me doing a demo. It was like, it was all a bit, that was literally like probably about four weeks before the program. I was suddenly mm. like, okay, I'll have a boiled egg for dinner tomorrow and lose some weight and fit <laughs> again. And... You look fine on it, though. What, the boiled egg? Yeah. I haven't eaten since Eurovision. I've just had a boiled egg. Just <laughs> a boiled egg. That, that'll, that'll see you I through. I did it in half. I did it in half with some celery sauce. Oh, God. Was it, I mean, and was it genuinely that you kind of dropped a bit of a clanger and kind of announced that you were doing it and then they kind of went, you have to shut everything down? No, it was nothing like that. I'd posted that something was coming. I didn't say anything about what it was. I said counting down. And one journalist put two and two together and decided I was, oh, probably knew anyway. Mm. And I remember it. And one of the girls came up to me and she went, don't worry about it. It's like press is press and whatever. And yeah, everyone wants to know first, don't they? They want to sort of go, I got the exclusive. And Yeah. And that was, that was in the day when they just, you had to vote, wasn't it? It was like four, four or five songs. And yeah. different artists, and then the yeah. public voted. Yeah. And whereas now we're just, it, it, they're just. He just told me, oh, like, you're doing it. it. Oh, it's so funny. It. When I did the TV, because I'd been working the night before, because I was in a band called Mad Hen doing corporate events around the world. And I was I was in somewhere like Bournemouth. And it was like, it's a 2 a.m. finish. It's like, I've got to drive from Bournemouth. There was a hotel for me near the, near the place where we we're performing the next day. I hadn't done a sound check like everyone the day before. And then when I went on stage, they were like, oh, and here's your VT. And I'm ushered on stage and all the mm -hmm. lights dim and everything. And I'm standing there going, there's no microphone. And literally, I heard the intro of the song. And this woman ran on at 100 miles an hour and just literally plonked it in front of me. I was like, what have I done? Just stood there going, hello. <laughs>
Hello. And was it was that the live? Was that live? Oh, live! It was horrendous. Yeah. Oh my god! I lost about forty stone in about three seconds. And the sweat. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember who went through that year. It was two guys, uh, two young guys. Joe and Jake. Yeah, Joe and Jake. Yeah. That's it. They were lovely, really lovely. They were an X Factor. I was sort of hoping that I wouldn't get through because I was like, this could be exhausting. <laughs> and, and if I remember rightly, Joe and Jake did not do very well that year. No, no, they really didn't. And we had done that we did for about four years after that. It's like, oh. Mm. But imagine if you had, you could have been a Eurovision alumni. You could have been in Liverpool with Sonia. Exactly. <laughs> I nearly backing dance on you once. That's another story. All the things I've done in my life. Mm. You, did, you nearly did. You nearly backing dance for Sonia. Yeah, I I auditioned and they they wanted four male dancers, so they rang me and said you got the job. And then they went, oh, we're just going to use two because obviously her, her budget didn't stretch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I had a big rider. I wanted cheese and egg sandwiches and things like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look at you! Look at you! Bad boys ink pictures behind you there, Graham. And that's not even the mall. Matthew, oh, the album's somewhere or other in a box under the bed. It's in the jukebox. Take me away is missing. They make lovely coasters now. <laughs> do, you, do you still have some of the stuff? Do you have some some of the, like the the records, the CDs, and I've got loads of it because my parents used to buy tons of it, and I've got boxes and boxes of like smash hits. My mum would buy like five and cut bits out, and I'd be like, uh-huh. and then when she moved, she went, "Here's all the stuff," and I was like, "Thanks, I've got all this stuff sort of stacked up, but I need to go through one day and burn or do something." Then we parge my bathroom with it. <laughs> yeah. Just a lovely bedding box with just bad boys. Yeah, I'll just, I'll just send like blanket trunks and things like that. What yeah. Was, you could always get the pictures onto the blanket so you have a blanket box with... With the duvet. We never had duvet. Thank God. You were, you were just slightly before the kind of big merch boom, weren't you, with the dolls and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, had, we literally had loads of T-shirts made about two weeks before we split up. Oh. <laughs> and I had them in my mum and dad's garage and I took them down to the tip. Isn't that awful? Oh, it wasn't like it. eBay or you couldn't like, there was nothing like that back then. So literally I was like, I'll keep like 10. And then I was just like taking boxes and boxes. Oh, oh that's sad. It was just really weird. I was like, mum, you can't use any more dusters with Bad Boys Ink written on them. Oh, <laughs> well, now hindsight, that could have been a, that could be the merch table of the Let Loose mm. gigs. You could you get your Smash Hits oh. magazines out. Get them in the like plastic I, bags. What should I go back to the dump and see if they're still there? <laughs> d- it depends what kind of material they're made out of. If they're non-biodegradable, <laughs> they could well be still there in the same condition. Well, they were they were that sort of Fruit of the Loom XXL look, ill-fitting 90s, like, oh, no. Oh, stop, yeah, this kind of square. Yeah, oh. square, literally. However yeah. you would draw a T-shirt, that's how they were made. Mm. Six-year-old drew a T-shirt, that's how they got made. Would you say, example, a, a, a baby gayling who wants to do singing comes up to you and says, Matthew, should I go it? Should I go for it? Would you, what would your advice be? Would you be like, I would say go for it because I think it's a very different world. I mean, when we were in the studio, it cost a fortune back then. You'd literally, mm. 
they go, well, you're going in to do the song and it's like £15,000 the day for the studio. It's just ridiculous. And now friends of mine are having careers and they do stuff in their bedroom and it's, it's on the internet the next day and it's like, wow. It's like, it's creating... I don't like the way the chart's gone. I like when you used to go and buy a record and you'd wait and slowly things come out. Everything's so instant now, which I don't particularly like. But also it just means more creativity is out there. And if it is good, it'll sort of shine through, I think, which is nice. Mm. If you've got talent, you've got a good song and you can get it out there. And if you can do social media, you're sort of onto a winner. Mm. And then there's always the kind of Eiley effect where Padam comes out and it's like, complete ridiculous yeah rebirth and um yeah. you know she's astounding although we're well, not... I, think she can do, I think she can do no wrong and it's like she did the amazing album during lockdown and stuff and everyone's just always stuck by her she's got very loyal fans um me being one of them and this album's just brilliant the way the whole marketing happened padam's brilliant tension's brilliant i've just done a mashup with tension today which is on my social media i'm gonna let loose me tension Oh. I'll probably get sued tomorrow. Just That's tag a tag a record company in it and see oh, yeah. see what they say. Hate mail. <laughs> She'll send you a plat. Um, <laughs> did you? I'd love Kylie's plat. You get money for that. <laughs> did, did you ever meet her? Back yeah. In the day? Uh, um, weirdly, David and I were in Old Compton Street of all gay places, um, sitting in I can't remember what it used to be called. It was a little sort of cafe rouge style restaurant. I think it was called Dome. And Kylie walked past because. She could walk around then. People weren't mm. like screaming and stuff. And she went, hey, boys, and just stood at the window. And we were just like, oh, oh my God, it's Kylie Minogue. And us two guys from the band are like, yeah. <laughs> did she know who you were? Did she know I who you were? She did, because she sort of stopped and looked at us. She went, hi, boys. And we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> to be fair, it was Compton Street, and it's Kylie Minogue. She did that every other bar, probably. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> But that, yeah, that's, we so we do have some questions oh. from social media now. Now this gentleman, we have a feeling you know him, and we think we know him from somewhere, but we can't work out where we know him from. So oh, only fans probably. Um, oh, okay, <laughs> Alistair, Alistair Lewis Davis. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, okay, but we think we know him from something, but we can't work out what it is. He does look like George Roper. Gays of a own age would understand that. Has he been on telly? Does he, has he been on like a... Crime Watch, yes. <laughs> Crime Watch. <laughs> Ooh, he's, um... Asbo United. It's probably, like... yeah, probably just fight with fit face. Right, he just looks very familiar. Anyway, his question is, if the world was ending, what would be the last song you would play? Oh, my God. Um, it would probably be Roberta Flack, the first time ever I saw your face. It calms me. I just find as soon as the intro starts, I'm like, and breathe. It's like, and I, it just reminds me of my childhood. My, my family played a lot of music sort of when we were growing up. My dad's a lot older. So he was sort of Dean Martin and stuff like that. And mum was, mum was the latties. She loved things like ABBA. And so she was uber gay. <laughs> the Carpenters. <laughs> um, yeah. And I just love that song. I just, I just like the sentiment about love her voice. Um, but then maybe I'd play something like Xanadu and dance around on rollerblades. I don't know. Oh, perfect. Perfect. We can have effect. I say yeah. dance around on rollerblades. I'd probably fall over. Yeah. I, 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 last couple of Christmases ago, I decided in my wisdom that I'd seen some silver light up rollerblades. <laughs> Not rollerblades, roller boots. <laughs> roller boots. Yeah. Roller boots. On okay. some website, and I said to my my partner, "I want those for Christmas." And he was like, "If I get them, are you going to wear them?" And I went, "I will wear them all the time." 
and I will go to roller discos and I will be amazing. <laughs> and um, the moral of the story is <laughs> they have never been on my feet. <laughs> I was going to say, are, 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 have you bejeweled them? Are they in a, a glass? They are, they're, 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 just, they're on a shelf and I dust yeah. them each week. And there's almost kind of like Phoebe from Friends going, they're kind of like saying, please wear us or, or, or our soul will die. But I haven't found the right time and place to, to I, wear think, them. I think that's a challenge you've got you've got 52 weeks to do it mm, so yeah there is i don't think throwing down the gauntlet and i want pictures and evidence yeah. Well, yeah. i could always i could always wheel on stage at, at the let loose gig and exactly um, kind of like go well go and then fall off yeah um, you could be holding a barbara's <laughs> t-shirt and like whizzing across the stage going nine oh, nine yes <laughs> yeah with this clip on plat it'd be amazing <laughs> We have so whenever we interview somebody, we always like to do a smash hits biscuit tin style Fantastic. question. I never and got to do it. Did you never get to do the biscuit? No, tin? David did it. I know David did it. I think Tony did it as well. I was oh. probably four down in a crossword. No. Did you ever get to do the singles reviews? No, I had to do a problem page once. I was like, That's awful. I could tell people to do in smash hits or in like no Ms. in magazine in my guy or Miz or something <laughs> my guy <laughs> my boyfriend left me oh well dump him and the judy <laughs> Should I wow. the no <laughs> oh gosh so paul our pop gay from wigan um first of all his first question which we have to ask everybody regardless of who they are mm-hmm. and i have to do do you have a favorite pie filling oh my god and it's quite it's quite a deep question that. Mm. See, I, I started thinking of one and then I went I already went to dessert and went, Oh god, I'm already there. Well Darren Hayes, he was a pecan pie. Yes. He was, right. wasn't he? Yes. yes. I um, love a pecan pie with a bit of it's gotta be warm with a bit of ice cream. But if I was going savory, uh it'd probably be Cheese and potato and leek. Oh, or okay. So almost like a butter pie. I love cheese. No, anything cheesy. Now you, from being from the staff, is there a gravy option? Do we put a gravy on the pie? It's, it's very important. This. Um, two days ago, my mum cooked me a pie, and she hadn't made gravy, and I made mm. gravy. So yes. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't put it on a cheese pie. Gravy and cheese. No. 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 Do you know we horrified Ultranate when we said that you can put gravy <laughs> on fish and chips, and she she literally nearly ended the interview. Like, <laughs> was, I don't understand you people. And, and That's we were amazing. Like, we were like, okay. Um, so he he put a question. He put a, he put a poll on X um, with this question. It's so very random. So, what would Matthew choose waking up? Um, would he rather have? Ostrich legs for legs. I've got them already. <laughs> Red panda ears for ears, or gorilla arms for arms. Oh, ears, definitely. People voted for this, you know. I don't. I don't want to mess with my legs. And thought of having bird legs with like scaly skin. No. Well, okay, um, well. Gorilla arms. No. 
Well, sixty-seven percent of our of our followers also felt that you should have red panda ears. Yeah, ears. Pandas are cute. Yeah, pandas are cute. You you grow your hair and hide them. Yeah, but again, again, it's another merch opportunity, though, isn't it? The Matthew (laughs) clip on. A clip on panda ears, yeah, that'd be great. So what? So after the tour, what's next? Um, it's sort of everything's up in the air. We're going to do touring. We're talking about doing sort of um, EPs. I want to do some remix work, which I really enjoy doing. Um, the tour could go on for ages. There's so many things we're talking about, and we'd like to do sort of. We've never really done Australia, and I did Japan with Bad Boys Inc. We'd love to do all stuff like that. But because it's a very different kettle of fish and it's like, we'll get a single out and then it's like, we just go and enjoy ourselves. We're just living off the nostalgia. Mm. Really want to utilise the fact that we were part of that era and go and enjoy it without all the yeah. problems of round yeah. companies and people telling you what to do and what to wear and what routine you should do. And, oh, Jesus. That's, I think I think that, that's a difference when, when you get to a certain age. When you mature. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm... I'm you know, I'm hiding the staple gun, really. Oh, no, I've got a bulldog left <laughs> in the back of my mind. <laughs> I'm talking about my head, by the way, for those who are listening. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think that's the difference. And I think seeing some of the more older, mature artists kind of coming back, you can see they're actually having fun this time. Yeah, definitely. When I, was doing, I was doing stuff with my Hem for, like, the last 20 years, and we would work with everyone under the sun. We'd mm. work with Lamar and... Sonia and Sunita and loads of these artists doing big gigs and ABC and people like that. And you can just see they're loving it and the audience mm. loving it. I just like the vibe you get at those sort of nostalgia gigs where you turn up and you are literally hearing intro of a song and you're transported back to like your bedroom and your hairbrush and all that mm. stuff and being at school reading Smash Hits. And mm. it's so lovely. And I I loved being in something from the 90s and I love that I worked with Let Loose before and now I'm working with them. It's just, it's bizarre, but it's, it just feels right. It just feels mm-hmm. right. Which is nice. Yeah. Is there any chance of any of the boys making a guest appearance at any of the gigs? Yeah, possibly. I mean, David lives in LA, so uh, Ali lives in Austria, and I'm not sure where Tony lives. I think he lives under a pier somewhere. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> he lives it, in a car boot somewhere. <laughs> it could, this that this is like literally the equivalent question of what happened to the Reynolds girls. What happened to Tony from Bad Boys Inc? Yeah, exactly. people ask me all the time. I'm like, I don't know. I have got his WhatsApp and stuff, and I messaged him a little while back, and we spoke like three lines. He's got mm-hmm. two kids, and he's oh, doing right. modelling and stuff like that. But Ali and me keep in touch quite often, and David's sort of been off social media for a while. But we sort of message each other and go. We call each other Gene and Pam. Gene and Pam. It's a, it's a French and Saunders thing. <laughs> I'm going right back now, Joe. Yeah. All right, Pam. Yeah. Don't do that in any more interviews. They don't like <laughs> no, it. I won't. They don't like it. <laughs> I can feel rapid company people staring at me, shouting at me. <laughs> it's too gay, that. It's too gay. Talk about too something gay. else. Can you butch it up? Yeah. Where where can people find you on social media? Uh, I am I'm on the Let Loose social media, which is uh, Let Loose Official, I think. Um, Matthew James Pateman on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. I think I'm on the new one, whatever that's called. What is the new uh, one? Uh, threads. Uh, threads. Yeah. Something about that. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Um, and you can probably find me down a market somewhere selling plats. Plats and t-shirts. And t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Only got two to sell. <laughs> and vials of blood. 
And buy some blood. And, so, and the Smash Hits magazine covers. Um, yeah, exactly. They'll be on eBay anytime soon. <laughs> you can't just sign them and pop them off. It's been an absolute pleasure to Oh, I've loved you. it, guys. Thank you so much. And we Thank we you. we definitely we, I have a feeling we could do a whole kind of episode on your stories of pop stars from the nineties, mm. which oh, we probably really would good. never be able to put on the website <laughs> <Yes>. because <laughs> But I do think it might need to 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 be done at some point. Yeah. yeah so you're definitely. saying so you're saying we could talk for two hours, but cut it down to five that we could actually publish. Probably, yeah, without getting the lawyers involved. Yeah. yeah. Probably invite <laughs> Esther's weaving, see if they are up for it. Anything like oh, that. Yeah. But like it was good to have like a puppet in the background, just went. <laughs> well, yeah. Just yeah. It's like zig and zag. Yeah. Absolutely. I do not have the same views as my wearer. That kind of stuff. <laughs> that would that would be yeah. That'd be great. I'll save my Paulie Yates story for next time. Oh, oh, I'll leave you on a cliffhanger. Oh, <laughs> there's going to have to be a part two. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much, Matthew. Thank you, guys. <laughs>